What's up, Ben? Welcome back to the Connect Podcast. Week three. Week three, and our title is Do Hard Things. Come on, bro. You know what happened to me last night? What did you do, bro? I slept for like two hours the entire night. Wow. It is so hot right now in Port Elizabeth. Such a real thing. I don't know when you guys listen to this if it's going to be as hot, but it is so hot there. We're like 400 miles east. I went to sit outside to cool down, and it wasn't working. So... I just decided I was going to sleep outside. So I grabbed some cushions from the couch and I just slept outside. Sounds really hard. It was hard. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking, we're talking about doing hard things. Last week we spoke about hard times and hard realities. And this week we want to give you some tools to activate you to do hard things. And we want to tell you why doing hard things is really, really good for you. So there's this interesting study that I've been been watching and, and following for a while now. It's called The Growth Mindset and Grits. Um, it's done by a lady called Carol Dweck. Dweck. Sounds like quite an interesting surname. Dweck. I like Dweck. It's, it's a good, it's it's like a good clothes. name. I feel like I want to have a duck and I want to call my duck Dweck. Dweck the duck. Dweck the duck. That's, that's <laughs> really interesting, Ben. <laughs> Guys, please pray for Ben. Just pray. Um, and what she does is she takes... A bunch of people and she tries to find out like what are the characteristics of the most successful people and and what pushes people to do really well in school systems um, and the one thing that she keeps finding is that a, when a person believes that they have the ability to continually grow as challenges and adversity arise and that they can keep that momentum going in their lives and and just persevere and persist then they tend to be more successful. Sure. That's really good. Uh, that actually, it reminds me of Romans, um, Romans 5, verse 1 to 5. I actually think I'm going to read you guys from like verse 3. Not only so, but also we find glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance Perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Do you want to read that one line again? Suffering produces perseverance. Hard things produce perseverance. Perseverance produces character, and character ultimately produces hope. And guys, we need crazy hope. And um, yeah, life's full of hard things to do. And um, I don't know if you feel like you're someone who's good at doing hard things, but we want to give you guys some tools today uh, for doing hard things. And we've got three steps um, in how to do that. Before we do that, though, we want to talk to you about the, the tool of pivoting. Jump into that. Pivoting is one of my favorite things. I learned this a couple of years ago. Um, and what pivoting is, I'll, I'll give you a basketball analogy or a netball analogy is you have a foot that's planted and you have a foot that's moving free. And so when you catch the ball, you have to plant your foot and try and move. Well, not, because if you move, then it's a foul. And yeah. so it can often feel like that in our lives when we're in hard situations, where we planted right where we are. Pivoting is not about where we want to be or where we, where we think we should be or where we're not. That's but so it's good. actually about where we are right now. So good. And so we're looking for opportunities. So you're like looking for your teammates or you're looking to find an open space that you can move into. And so when we pivot, it's not about 
turning our lives 180. It could be moving our lives like 10 degrees, um, or it could be like 5 degrees, or even 45 degrees. Um, it can either be drastic or it can be quite a minor change. But it's about finding opportunities that didn't exist before. Because when, when we're trying to step into new realities, we're going to need new skills and new habits um, that we haven't tapped into yet. And it may mean letting go of some old habits and moving into a new direction. So the million dollar question, how do I change my habits? So how do I change? So this is the beautiful thing. This this is this is point number one. Point number one is change. Okay, so we'll be speaking about this idea of changing. If you want to change your life, change your feelings. If you want to change your feelings, change your thoughts. If you want to change your thoughts, you have to change the way you talk about yourself. That's really good. And, sure. and we covered this last week when we said speak to yourself kindly. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I think another really key thing is who are we hanging out with? Yeah. Because if we're trying to change, but our environment is staying exactly the same, it's really hard to change. So by changing our environment, we can cause change in ourselves. So if I have friends that are speaking badly about me or with me or are taking me places that I don't want to go, I actually need to change those friends. And uh, I think it's Oprah, Oprah Winfrey originally coined this quote. Uh, and the quote is, you become like the five people closest to you. And then um, I think really important to change what you focus on. Yeah. So change who you focus on, not what you focus on. So put your focus on Jesus and not your current situation. We spoke about this, I think, two weeks ago. Like, whatever you look at, whatever you look at, gets really big. So what you behold is what you become. And if you keep looking at your situation, it's going to seem overwhelming. When you look at Jesus, you'll be aware how small your situation is. That puts question one in front of you guys. Take some time to think about it, write it down. What thoughts about yourself do you need to challenge? about change the next thing we want to talk about is adapt and we really wish it was Bear Grylls because Bear Grylls says improvise adapt overcome improvise adapt overcome we change adapt overcome <laughs> so adapt is this um, we have this weird thing as humans humans do this all around the world it's actually quite a strange phenomenon we pay money to have access to a room filled with heavy things it is a strange phenomenon. Then we go to that room on a regular or semi-regular basis and we lift those heavy things or we push against those heavy things and then we, we work up a sweat and we feel really proud of ourselves because now we've gymmed. It is mental. Why do we do that? It's to push ourselves, to challenge ourselves. Because we know that when you push your body and you challenge yourself to lift heavy things, your body begins to adapt. And adapt change. Now, humans pay that money all across the world. Crazy phenomenon. But the moment something in our life is hard, 
or heavy. We all feel like we have permission to complain. We're like, oh, this math is so hard, or oh, this challenge is impossible. But we're still paying a gym membership every month for a room to have access to heavy weights. Yeah. But actually, so much of life is all about being in the gym. Like, this, this math problem is not just something, like a problem that's in my life, it's actually an opportunity for me to adapt. And um, this friendship dilemma, this work colleague, this uh, COVID situation, these are all opportunities for us to gym and adapt. So we want to call that reframing hard realities. You want to change the way you're looking at a hard reality from something that's coming against you for something that can grow you. Yeah, and it's also when, when we reframe, it's not about um, diminishing what the impact of the hard reality is because so often when people say, like, let's be optimistic about the situation, it's, it can get twisted in the sense that people can think about actually they're trying to take away what I'm feeling sure, yeah. and, and not actually dealing with what I'm facing. Yeah. Um, but that's not what reframing does. Reframing takes the, the hard reality and it takes it and puts it into a place of where there's opportunities to learn and grow. Can you give me an example? Well, let's go with your, your gym analogy here. When, where else in your life, Santa, would you go to work and go and lift heavy things? If that's my job. No, but I'm saying, like, say now you're doing administration, would you be going to lift, like, 20, 30 kgs of water bottles? No. Probably not. Yeah. And so, in the context of, of a gym, you go to a gym to go lift heavy things, to go run hard. Mm. But in a different context, you won't apply the same thing. Yeah, so you're going there to overcome those challenges because you know about overcoming those challenges, you're going to adapt and you're going you're to change. Um, so really key there is uh, view failure as a learning curve and not an ultimate ending. And I love Thomas Edison because Thomas Edison worked on the light bulb for years and eventually when they interviewed him, they said, so you failed at making the light bulb. It's something like 10,000 times. It could be a different number. And he said, no, I, I didn't fail at making a light bulb 10,000 times. I found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. Sure. And he didn't see that as a failure. He saw it as one step closer to success. Yeah, I think it's also important that you also believe in yourself. Change the way you believe in yourself. Mm. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's you against the world with Jesus. And so if you're not taking care of how you view yourself, like, chances are you're going to view the world in quite a bad light. Yeah. And it's going to feel quite overwhelming. And it's going to feel like everything's coming at you from left, right, and every kind of direction that, that it hits you from. Um, so it's important that you actually just remind yourself about your strengths. Remind yourself about times where you faced some hard reality and actually overcame it. Yeah, that's really good. I love what you've written here. Be proactive. Keep trying. Be flexible in your thinking. Like, don't let that thing stagnate you. Just keep being proactive. Um, and the really big key there is spend time with Jesus and make him the center of it all. Because uh, ultimately, like, it's our, it's our faith in Jesus, Romans 5. If you think about the story of Paul, the oak was shipwrecked, the oak was stoned multiple times, um, like he was blinded at one point, like so many things came against him. Um, but he is saying actually through faith in Jesus Christ, like there's, there's power to overcome. And that perseverance produces character and that character produces hope. So really good. Um, so, group questions, I want you guys to discuss, you can write them down, write down your answers, chat about them in your group, 
What have you learned about yourself in this last year? It's what been have you learned about yourself? Though? What have I learned about myself? I've learned that I hate structure, but structure is really important for me. Sure. Because in COVID, all my structure was taken away. And it was really tough for me to figure out how in a structureless environment to spend time with Jesus. And I've decided to build in a structure that's going to hold that, whether no matter what happens, I have a structure that holds that. Because I don't like structure, but it's really good for me. Um, so, ask yourself that question. What have you learned about yourself this last year? And then two, we want you to tell your group about a time that things weren't going well, things were hard, but you kept on persevering, you kept on going, and you saw yourself grow. And maybe that story will give them courage to do the same next time. We're going to give you some space to do that. Our third point that we're wanting to cover is actually overcome. So we're following the Bear Girls meme. We're going change, adapt, overcome. Change, adapt, overcome. Come on. One of the keys I've always found when we're trying to overcome something is, and we spoke about it in week one, was find yourself in community. Yeah. Get around people who will be united and unified with you. Because what they'll do is they'll come together. It's like when you use egg to bake things. <laughs> you sounded so affectionate when you said egg. It's like you had this beautiful, just this beautiful relationship with egg. Oh, so good. But egg, egg binds things together yeah. in, in baking. And so, like, let's be like eggs for the community. Like, yeah. let's get around people and bind together during hard times. Be an egg, guys. Come on, that's Jared the Hayden Rake 2021. Yeah, because um, the whole thing is you don't want to be carrying a burden by yourself, and you don't yeah. want people carrying burdens by themselves. And community, guys, we can't do this without community. We keep hitting that point. Let's just hit it again. You are not a victim to your circumstances or your situation. You're not a victim. Say it again. You're not a victim. Say it louder for the people in the back. You're not a victim. Um, you are a survivor, and you're victorious. Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus lives inside of you. And... Um, the, the situations around you, you're not a victim, but you're an overcomer. Yeah, and then we bring it back to that, that passage we read at the beginning. Was It's about perseverance. When we persevere through hard things, it builds up character. It builds things up inside of you. It's like a, when, when you break a bone. I've never broken a bone, but I know this is what happens. I've only ever broken a toe. I think I've broken my think, pinky toe. That's quite painful. I broke a bigger toe than the pinky toe, so... That's wild. But th there's this interesting thing in the UFC is that some fighters will actually go and kick palm trees so that they can get like micro fractures on their shins so they can kick harder. Because what happens is by kicking the palm trees, they break the bone. And so the bone regrows, but it grows back stronger. And yeah. so that bone is more durable. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, and then actually you can be optimistic because Jesus has the best in mind for you. And it's Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. And that's a promise to Israel, but it's actually a promise to each and every one of us that he actually has plans and his plans for us are good. And uh, we can hold on to that. We can know that in tough times. Yeah. And you guys can jump into that passage, but if you read it all, it's, the Israelites were going through some hard times at that stage. It was right. They were in the middle of like being persecuted as victims in another country. But God said, I know the plans. I know this looks horrible right now. You're literally exiles in another country, but I know the plans I have for you. 
Question number three for your groups to cover. What hard realities can your group help you face? I want to challenge the group, like, what, what things do you want your group to help support you in? What are the things they can encourage you in? And then question number two, what do you think of when you hear that Jesus has the best in mind for you? What do you think of when you hear those words said? What's the first thing that pops into your head? Just the character of God and his faithfulness. Yeah. So give an example and just chat about that with your group. And uh, that's a really, really great thing to think about. His goodness and his kindness for us. Jesus has the best in mind. So we're hoping that this podcast is giving you guys tools and encouragement to stay close to Jesus and uh, face the hard things. And facing hard things means that um, you need to have conversations with people, you need to get alone and process your grief or your pain. We really want you to be encouraged to know that we are here for you, Jesus has never left you, and that you have a group of people around you that...